said generation, they got all that stuff. Hear that meditation on that FM station. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Daz and Dave podcast. Hello there, Darren. Hello there. Hi Dave, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you very much. Excellent. Uh, we're going to resume our uh, our little walk, or meander, should I say, mm. through the Hollywood 100 albums. Um, we've kind of got up to the cues. We have to do a couple of P's we need to fit in there. Um, I think today, I don't know how many we're going to get done. We seem to be averaging now about 10 albums an episode. So, <laughs> Well, we'll aim for at least three today. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not be too ambitious on this. No, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there you heard the voice of Alan Jones. Hello, Alan. Hi, everyone. Nice to be back. Sorry for the uh, break, which was... Uh, uh, all my all on my part, but uh, for uh, for personal reasons. But uh, yeah, nice to be back. Brilliant, good, nice to have you. And also uh, the the man who this list is named after, mm. um, the Mark Hollywood One Hundred. So we have Mark Hollywood who's phoning in from Edinburgh, very cosmopolitan from, man from, from Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good, good afternoon, gents, and uh, Alan. Great to see you, mate, and uh, you. glad you're well. And yeah. um, onwards and upwards, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we've covered the cues. We're going to do a couple of peas. That's as a result of having too much beer already. That's only three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> but, uh, um, just before you kick off, just in case anyone... forward to it. Just in case anyone joins a podcast who hasn't heard it before, um, please go back and listen to the previous episodes, especially if you enjoy it. Mm. Then there's plenty. I think there's three or four of these. Um, that we've already done, uh, where we are working our way through Mark's list of 100 uh, vinyl albums he'd like to have in his collection. Some he already has, some are, are new, and uh, next time we come together, hopefully we'll get to re recommend the last five, Darren. Yeah, yeah, you never know. It's been a long time coming, but we will get there. Yeah, we will, <laughs> we will. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, the reason we skipped the... Um... Peas before was because it was Freddie's birthday, wasn't it? On the last That's podcast, right. very good reason so, to yeah. do that as well. Absolutely, that needed to be done. So, yeah. shall it's we? Birthday since. <laughs> yeah, so we're on <laughs> Primal Scream, then, aren't we? Yeah. So we crack on with Screamadelica. Screamadelica, yeah. yeah. So this, this is a belter, a belter of an album. Once yeah. again, it came out uh, just before I went to uni, um, like about '91, and it's by. A Scottish band, another Scottish band in the list, Primal Scream. It was a third album, and you know you've you've got that. It's yeah. What is it? It wouldn't be my usually my cup of tea. I mean, it, it is alternative rock, mm. but there is a wee bit of um, psychedelia in there, I guess. A bit of dance as well, uh, but the, the the classics are um, moving moving on up. Yeah, uh, loaded's in there as well. And uh, yeah, they were the, the turn of the nineties, ninety one, and uh, it was just played by all all the guys with long hair, all the guys who were getting all the chicks, <laughs> and, and all the all the greasers. I've no idea why, with my short back and sides. But um, there you go. It's, yeah, Bobby Gillespie, I think is um, he's he's a bit of a controversial figure. Yeah. Um, outside uh, the music industry, but uh, you know, putting that aside. Um, they they were quite an influential uh, band back in the day, 
and almost like a Scottish alternative to the Manchester scene, you know, in, in the 90s when you had the likes of the Stone Roses, the Charlatans, Happy Mondays, guys like that. It was almost like it was the North of the Adrian's Wall equivalent. So that's why this is in the top 100. That's good. Great choice. Yeah, like you say, it's got some tracks on there that are very much of their time and still great now, but they were used in so many soundtracks and things back then, weren't they? And Yeah. yeah. Brings back a lot of memories for me of clubbing back in the day. It's good. Uh, interestingly yeah. for, for me, we were away, we were living uh, abroad and then came back in 94 um, uh, with, with Mrs. T, came back and then we were living in Plymouth to begin with and I hadn't heard Primal Scream, hadn't heard uh, Screamadelica and then put that on and suddenly had this great sound, it's like this... Uh, Modern, as we said at the time, modern twist on the Rolling Stones, and just to hear rocks off coming through, yeah, you know, it's like, wow! It's like music has moved on. We we left <laughs> we left in the eighties and we came back to the nineties, and there was so much new music around. And whilst these didn't define the 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 nineties sound, they were certainly a vanguard for for that period. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's it's almost like the first time I, I'd actually read about Primal Scream, and it's quite topical um it was in q mag and q mag unfortunately has folded in the last week or so mm. and uh, i i was i was a bit of a, a stalwart when i came to getting q magazine every every month to see what the latest was and uh, they often voted screamadelica in the top 20 30 albums uh back back in the late 90s early 2000s mm. And uh, I think the cover was done by a guy from Creation as well. So there's, mm-hmm. all, there's all that interwoven aspect of it. Yeah, it's, it's quite, almost like yeah, it's almost like Q-Mag were yeah. getting backhanders or something. <laughs> yeah. no, it's a great cover. Yeah, is that your sort of music as well, Alan? Uh, I wouldn't say. Um, well, I enjoy it. I, I've got it. I've only got it on CD actually. But I did buy a couple of compilation albums uh, last year when uh, HMV had their an exclusive day. So oh, yeah. A couple of double albums then. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, Loaded uh, is, is great. And uh, I couldn't, I could, don't think I could name more than about three or four tracks, to be honest, though. Um, but yeah, again, they're. these are in the Jones 200 upstairs, the albums yet to be oh. played. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, the pile is growing. <laughs> it's, it's one to put on when the miss is away, isn't it? We turn the volume up, crank it up. Yeah, yeah. No, it's de- it definitely got the Manchester, you know, the uh, say the happy nun- happy Monday bounce. I, you know, I call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's um, it's definitely a classic, and I say I think the album cover really uh, helps as well. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, iconic, iconic. Excellent. So what I suggest is we're going to move on to the next one. So um, this is a, a Prince album. Before we do that, just want to give a shout out for some podcast cousins, uh, Christy and John. They they run their own podcast, uh, The Mountain and the Sea, um, which is all around Prince albums. They go through it and we're going to play a, a small promo from them. 
I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we are the Mountains and the Sea. It's a podcast about Prince and his vast musical output. We look at each and every Prince album. And ancillary material like fashion, videos, related artists, b-sides, remixes, outtakes. We choose a high, the mountain, a low, the sea, and a time capsule. Yeah, those are her dumb rules, not mine. Josh is a Prince superfan and has been since long before I met him. That's right, and I pulled Christy over to the purple side with my wit and my charm. The music helped. (laughs) Join us every other week, anywhere you get your podcasts and happy purple listening, friends. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Um, All I can say to you is happy purple listening. Uh, What I will do is add in some show note links so you can can listen to them if you enjoy that. And please give feedback on our Facebook page um, if you have any comments you'd like us to pass along to them. So, Mark, over to you then. So which Prince album have you put into your 100 collection? Yeah, yeah, no, no pressure on me at all, is there? Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> hold on, you might have some Prince aficionados come and judge you now. But <laughs> yeah, carry yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I've got a couple of guys breathing down the back of my neck here with with how how I see uh, or what I see as Prince's best. Well, my favorite album anyway, and I think this the album that um, I'm, I'm about to give you is I think it takes R and B soul to a completely different level. Um, I think Rolling Stone described it as the most expansive R&B record of the 1980s. I, I completely agree. When I heard it, it absolutely blew me away. Uh, it's sign of the times, and uh, it's, it's just I think I think Prince could play 24 different musical instruments. Yeah. He's he's you know like a another kind of Stevie Wonder, and you know sign of the times. The title track uh, in itself is, is is a belter, and then you've got if I was your girlfriend. Um, that's that's not me saying that to you, Alan. And <laughs> you got the look, Sheena Easton. You know, say no more, Sheena Easton. What can you say? Right. Mm, um, they had a thing going on for a while, didn't they? I think they did. Yeah, yeah. Sheena with her nice transatlantic American accent. Um, meets Glasgow, wherever she was from. She did well. I mean, I mean, she was already doing well, but uh, this absolutely catapulted her um, into the big, big time when she was um, strutting her stuff on stage alongside Prince. Mm. And then, um, yeah, another another guy gone before our time, before sorry, before his time, and uh, sadly missed like like so many others. Yeah, that was. Um, sad. But he just had, I think he had a, there was something about him, you know, like um, uh, David Bowie that a few others had. And we talk about Mercury in the same vein. But there there, there are some um, artists, whether it's uh, actors or, um, you know, pop stars or rock stars that just have their own very unique um I, I guess it's kind of stamp to their music and to their persona and he's one of these guys it wasn't just his music that, that got him to where he, where he got to uh, I think just as a um, he knew how to play uh, the media, knew how to play instruments and uh, an all round uh, yeah, a complete genius in my in my mind yeah, anyone I know that's ever seen him live, I was never lucky enough to, but anyone that's ever seen him has said what a fantastic live performer he was as well. Mm. Did you ever get to see him? 
Unfortunately not. No. I didn't get into them until the early nineties really. Mm. A lot of my a lot of my music and I've said this before in previous podcasts, a lot of it uh I, I became more ubiquitous, I guess, when I, or eclectic should I say, when I, I, I kinda went to uni. When I left uh, the confines of Newry and the narrow mindedness of um, my my upbringing, I guess. Uh, you know, you meet guys at uni and, and and they introduce you to different music from all over, uh, whether it's rock, pop, classical, jazz, R&B, soul, uh, world music. It's all out there. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, give us a wee listen to that. And uh, yeah, I get into Prince and it would have been the early 90s. Mm. And I just thought, my God, where, where have I been? Where have I been? And I think this was his ninth album. Because I thought when I heard Sign of the Times and, and Purple Rain, I thought, well, this 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 would be his third album or something like that. Yeah. But he had eight before that. So he'd been kicking about since the early 70s. Just, and uh, I was shocked. Yeah. I've just had a little look, actually. We'll do a little quiz question. How many mm. albums or studio albums do you think Prince actually produced? Oh, produced. Oh, God. Uh, sorry, was released. Released. Oh, released. Yeah. Uh, 20, 23. I was going to say 30, but I know they found a whole treasure trove of more material. Right. Okay. Well, that's probably still to come, I expect. Yeah. I think they'll they'll do a Bowery thing, won't they? They'll they'll, they'll drop them fairly regularly. Yeah. I had 32 in my head, but go on. Okay. What's your guess, Alan? I reckon it'll be closer to 40. Oh, you can't get much closer than that. 39. Wow. 39. Studio albums, plus any live albums and compilations and things. Yeah. Yeah. He just, yeah. I, and that's, that's the thing I heard about him as well. He just, he, he couldn't sleep. He was constantly writing songs and giving songs away. You know, the, the one that we all remember is uh, Nothing Compares to You mm. uh, with Sinead O'Connor. And there there are others uh, that I can't think of at the top of my head. But He did one, with, he did one for Kate Bush. Yeah, right. The, okay. the Rubber Band Girl album. Right. Yeah. Not the, no, sorry, not the Rubber Band Girl album. The, um... Uh, Why should I love you? That's brilliant. The last track on the album. Oh, right. That makes hairs on the back of my hands stick up. Tell me what he also. Sorry, Alan. Sorry, Ned. Sorry, yes. Called Why Should I Love You? Okay. I'll have a listen. Yeah. Yeah. I think he also gave the bangles. That's what it was. Bangles. He gave them Manic Monday. Oh, yeah. All right. And and Shaka Khan, I Feel For You. Yeah. 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 I mean, so. What talent? My favourite album of Prince's, you've probably never, I'll be surprised if any of you guys have ever heard of it or got it. It's called The Vault, Uh, Old Friends for Sale. And uh, you chuck this out uh, in the end of of 1999, the, the year. And um, it's absolutely fantastic. It's uh, I think I paid picked it up in our price in Milton Keynes. I'm, I'm sure I paid a pound for it, but it's the best money I've ever spent on it. And it's it's a fantastic album. But I'm sure you guys will be surprised if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. That's, no, no, no. And it's got it. it's blown me away because it blew me away because there's a track on here called "She Spoke to Me." And it's just like, a, it starts off like a regular Prince song and then goes into this fantastic jazz funk arrangement 
um, for about eight minutes. And it's just just unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. Wow. Yeah, and and you know that's just that's just one album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I've seen him. I did see him. Um, he was live in the round at the O2. Right. Uh, I think he was doing, he was doing twenty one consecutive nights. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, lucky enough to go. So you went along, and um, as you went in, they actually gave you a copy of his latest album as well at the time. Oh, jeez, uh, nice. Yeah. So um, I, I saw him. So with yeah, brilliant. I saw him with Claire in the eighties. That that was. Uh, I suppose it's close we'll ever get to seeing Little Richard playing on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Um, no, he's um, he's yeah, just a very talented bloke, and uh, I think the world is the worst place without him. Yeah, I actually got introduced to some well, to me, new music to me the other day. I don't know if you've heard any childish Gambino. Yeah, but there's an album, uh, "Awaken My Love," and there's a track on that that sounds exactly like "The Most Beautiful Girl in the World." And I was yeah. a friend of mine was playing it at work, and I said. Is this Prince? He said, no, but he's as good. <laughs> and he's actually really good. So that's worth a listen. So Childish Gambino. I think yeah. anyone, anyone under 30 is now thinking this isn't the podcast for me. If, <laughs> if we haven't heard. <laughs> so, didn't he, didn't We're just he... playing homage to the Prince guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he's an actor and comedian and all sorts. A very yeah. talented chap. Yeah, he was in one of the Star Wars films, wasn't he? Oh, don't know. Yeah. Don't know. I know my daughter watches him all the time on um, one of the comedy things she watches. Is it Community? Community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lena loves that. But very talented chap. Donald Glover, I think, is his real name. Correct, yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing I will say about these Prince re-releases, though, is they, they bring out, I think, uh, what was the latest one that came out? Came out the other day. Can't think of it now. But it's like 10 discs. And wow. it's two hundred and nineteen. It's two hundred and ninety nine pounds. Yeah, you know, on vinyl. Uh, you know, yeah. and, I bet you'll buy it. You know, you. <laughs> it's at least on a Christmas know, list. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's very nice. But I, I can't justify playing that one album. No, and especially for. So is that a one out? That's a one band. That's one album. It's the. It's wow. the. Um, oh, what, okay, what's the right. thing we need? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, it's, um, I'm just trying to think. Oh, God. Was there not a re-release of Sign of the Times? Yeah, that was it. Sorry, yeah. that was yeah. it, yeah. Okay. So, an, an, so an album. perfect then, Mark. So you know how you yeah. can fill your mm. collection now. Yeah. With that one album. Yeah, I saw that. Actually... If you hadn't bought that Queen one, you could have bought a print. <laughs> I, mean, I know it's going off on a tangent like we often do but um we come on to you two later on but i see they've just re-released one of their not one of their greatest albums and it's 200 pounds for that one as well a box oh, really? set of one album and they justify yeah. it with a few 12 inches and things like that and it's going a bit crazy isn't it yeah and the crazy thing is you know 40 years this next month or later this month i think is boy yeah so Coming out for that, really. Yeah. Well, they are on Black Friday, aren't they? There's a version of that coming out, I think. Oh, is there? Yeah. 
Uh, blue right. vinyl, I think, I want to say, or white vinyl. Yeah. Oh, I'll get that then. Yeah. I do, I do think, though, that um, on account of the resurgence and pop, popularity of uh, vinyl, I think um, they're tending to milk it a little bit too much. Because yeah. you you will have folk who are going to go out and they're going to buy absolutely everything, and it'll be like some kind of gambling addiction. We all love our vinyls, we we do, but we all know when to wind our necks in with it. But there will be people, complete addicts, who will go out and get mm. everything, absolutely everything, absolutely. And it's good if you can afford it, but wow, you know we've got record days and we've got HMV and then you know Black Na- Friday as you call it, National Record Day. National Record Day. Yeah, where does where does it start now? Yeah, it's there, tricky. There's no National Colour Vinyl Day last week or something. Yeah, like that. I ignored that one. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's become very, it's become hallmark, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. On there. But, but Alan, look, we've all got to pick and choose. I suppose it depends on the budget, and you decide what you can afford or yeah. not afford. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would argue, yeah. If I had the money, of course. Yeah, no money, no object. But it gets to a point where, actually, where do you store this stuff as well? Where do you yeah, store like, exactly. one, yeah. 10 healthy for one album? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Takes up a lot of space. I'm sure there's an answer to it. It's called streaming. <laughs> Is that a modern thing then? Um, something. <laughs> I've, heard of, I've heard of the young folk um, talking about it. I don't really know what it's about, to be honest. <laughs> Well, I guess we should probably um, we should probably move on. Uh, we've got now a band that I really regret never seeing live. I really want to. I'm, I'm who knows. I may get another chance one day. But we're on to REM, Mark. Great. Yeah. Album. I, I actually was I was uh, lucky enough to see REM in the nineties um, at, at Murrayfield. Um, nice. I'm trying to think, it was ninety five. Uh, I got to see them. I see some really great bands actually in Murrayfield and uh, in Scotland generally, but this uh, automatic for the people just throws me back to uh, the early nineties. Ninety two, it came out, and I was still gallivanting um, with my mates up to a place called the Arena in Armagh, where you'd get a winch and uh, you get a kiss and a cuddle from a girl and say, "Oh, can I see you next Saturday?" <laughs> you don't have to wait till the next Saturday, and uh, at that stage she was. She either A wasn't there or B was with another fella. So um, her loss. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, it, it actually reminds me of a particular incident. Uh, my mate Peter Mowen, who a, a lovely guy, and, and we must get in touch again. Peter is now, I think he's a surgeon up at the Royal Victoria in Belfast. And um, we were all coming home. There was uh, Peter, a guy called Colin Owens, Kevin Connell, and I think Cormac O'Donnell. Good yeah, good good Welsh names. <laughs> we're we're in this old white yeah we're in this yeah this old white Nissan stanza, and the white Nissan stanza the 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 driver door wouldn't open, so Peter had to get in and out of the car like the Duke's a hazard. So he had to wind down the window, and uh, I I I recollect this being pulled over by the REC, and I think he he left his fog light on, and we were coming back from Armagh. And this particular album was playing automatic for the people. And if you're pulled over late at night in, in uh, the north of Ireland, you did tend to brick it a little bit because you didn't know whether it was uh, the good guys or the bad guys. Yeah. Um, and um, so it was the police, so we were we were okay with that. 
and uh, asked us to open the boot and all the rest of it. And asked if Peter, Peter probably to this day is teetotal, but the rest of us had had a bit of a skinful. And the, the booze was wafting out along with the sidewinder sleeps tonight. <laughs> Peter, Peter had to get out of the car <laughs> through the window. And uh, the, the policeman obviously thought that this was somewhat un- unorthodox. But <laughs> he, he, he did let him away with it. He, uh, he just said, get it fixed. So, uh, <laughs> which, was, which was very decent of him. Um, but this, this particular album I love... For well, for that reason, uh, for the for it was just a good time in life. I think um, it was just before I, I headed off to, to uni. Uh, the A levels were done, dusted, and um, just start to finish. A great, a great album. One that I could, uh, that got me into REM. I'd, I'd heard out of time. I liked it. I thought it was a bit, um, a bit poppy in places. I mean, losing yeah. my religion. Great, yeah. great song. Shiny happy uh, people's a bit poppy, isn't it? People. Yeah, and, and I thought, all right, is this what they're like? And then I listened to Green, mm. which had Stand yeah. and uh, you know, and Orange Crush, Orange Crush, which one was tune, yeah. Orange Crush, Cracking yeah. Tune. Yeah, how can you forget that one? But Automatic, I thought, was just so much more rounded, and it it was borderline commercial, but it had a bit of a rawness to it as well, uh, and. John Paul Jones of Led Zepp fame mm. did the um, the string arrangements on it, and uh, all around it, it's it does kind of uh, make me think of Led Zeppelin three. It was a much more acoustic album, I thought, with the exception of um, I guess uh, let's see, what would you say? Well, Man on the Moon's quite acoustic. The Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight was probably the most poppy, but everything else was beautifully um, melancholy. Uh, drive, night swimming, everybody hurts, find yeah. the river. Just, just a cracking album. Yeah. I think shortly after after uh, I saw R.E.M. in Murrayfield, Bill Berry, the drummer, he, he actually had a massive he had a, a brain hemorrhage or an aneurysm, and it was touch and go for a while. And he survived it and went back on tour after this had happened. And then a few years after that, he, he retired. Ah. So, um, yeah. That's good memories, isn't it? I think great memories. I just I just love this album. Love this album. Yeah. Play it, play it over and over. I've been so. meaning for the last couple of decades to find out what the actual words are in Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight. There's that yeah. line, isn't it? When it's, I'm going to wake her up. <laughs> <laughs> I've, yeah, I've call, never call known. Into waking or something. Yeah. something like that. It's, yeah, and it's funny. It's when you're all singing along in the car. Everybody else is. Everybody's singing something different. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will look it up one day. Yeah, it's. Uh, it you might a... like to know it's. It's being re-released on yellow vinyl just at the moment. Oh, oh really? Why yellow. Yeah. Why yellow? Have you seen the cover? The cover is actually. Um, now I had to look this one up because mm. obviously you don't know this off the top of your head, but um, it was part part of the sign for the Sinbad Motel oh, right. on Biscayne Boulevard in Miami, oh. which is near the Criteria Studios where they recorded the album. And the motel is still there, but the star, unfortunately, is not. It was damaged in a hurricane. Oh, there you go. Something for the listeners. That's a great fact. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. And we need to get that on yellow vinyl then pretty soon. 
Actually, I'm now just um, checking. I got a feeling it could be out of time instead. Oh, that's def- that came mm. out recently as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can understand that being on yellow vinyl. Yeah. The cover. Oh, that makes sense, yeah, because I was just quickly checking the, the cover and it's it's just black and white on it. There might be some yellow, but yeah, yep. time. As yeah, said, no, uh, out of time is yellow. Out of time has yeah. got the yellow on there. Yep. Um, which is good. So yeah. certainly for Claire and I, we were in New York um, in 92 when that came out and first time we'd ever seen MTV and our friend Martin, he played it. We had the MTV on whenever we were in the house and it was wall to wall REM in those days. And mm-hmm. and so addictive as well, isn't it? As the the, the songs, even mm-hmm. it's very poppy. Though, as soon as you said, Mark, it was it was good then to go and listen to the, the sort of previous releases, which were actually very different in style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you when you think about when you listen to Murmur, um, that that for me is is one of their best albums as well. You you have a completely different sound, and I think. There's a mate of mine called Jared Morgan uh, from from back home, and Jared. Uh, now his name sounds more Welsh, doesn't it? Actually, um, <laughs> yeah. He was a massive REM and an Excess fan, and I don't know if it was him that gave me the, the the story about before Out of Time. They were, you know, just I think it was around Green Orange Crush Stand. They were told if you don't get your act together and make it more commercial, forget it. We're dropping you. Huh. And they just they turned it they turned it miraculously round. Um, the first the first REM album I ever got was on tape, and it was it was an accident by more than anything. As a mate gave me it, as I said, have a listen to it. Uh, I was it was REM document. Right. Oh, yeah. I think it has end of the, the end of the world as we know it, and mm. I feel fine. Mm. Uh, and I, I listened to it, and I really struggled. I really struggled with it. Um, so I think listening to Automatic for the people, and then just kind of going retro. Right. Um, Coming at it backwards. Worked. Yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, so, have, any more news, Alan? Is this going to be released on colour vinyl? No, it's uh, it's out of time, which is yellow. Um, so, uh, actually, it'd be two years' time, won't it? You know, obviously. Yeah, be on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favourites, actually, was 1996's um, New Adventures in Hi-Fi, was it called? I think it's called that. Yeah, yeah um, album. Yeah, that's got some banging tunes on it as well. Yeah. Um, New Test Leper, Ebo the Letter. Yeah, yeah, some great, great tracks. And A Bittersweet Me, that was a tune. But that's often a forgotten R.E.M. album, R.E.M. album I think, by many. But... Do you know what? I'm going to have a listen to that today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you listen back to you that know, one now, brilliant. New Adventure in Hi-Fi, yeah, that's definitely, that's that's one that'll, it slips just out of the top 100. That was a fantastic album. Yeah. The, the other big song that's on document um, is The One I Love. Oh, yeah, great song. Oh, yeah. yeah. So a yeah. couple of good tracks off that. Yeah. Oh, there is, there's some brilliant tracks on every R.E.M. album, isn't there? Yeah, I've got um, a compilation uh, the best of REM. I was just. I think I might dig that out tonight. Yeah, Alan, I, I would definitely recommend New Adventures on Hi-Fi. That's a great call by Darren. Mm. I think I've got it. Yeah, yeah. I've only got that one on CD. I don't know if that was. I guess that was uh, kind of almost vinylless era, wasn't it? That, oh, we were well into it at that. Point. Yeah, we were well into it. So there probably was out, but there probably weren't many copies. 
So I've definitely got that on CD and not vinyl. Yeah. Which is good. Um, yeah. So whilst Alan's just checking on that, well, I suppose <laughs> we probably need to, to, to push on. Oh, he's do... back. He's back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have we found it? <laughs> okay. A whole stack okay. of CDs coming in. Sadly, that doesn't work well oh, for yeah. radio or podcast. <laughs> no. Oh, look at this. I can see green. I can... Yeah, he's got new adventures. There you go. On CD as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I haven't got... I haven't got... Yeah, you've, you've, you've got a face for radio. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah. I need to find out if that was actually... I need to find out if that was ever out on vinyl, and if it was, I need it. Okay. Yeah, Else it will be I soon. Think, I think I was only buying... Uh, CDs back then because you say you couldn't buy they, they didn't have them on vinyl yeah yeah, but, uh, yeah it comes with a yellow no you from, uh, adventure, automatic for the people no uh -huh. right the yellow I'll read the cover so you need yeah okay okay that's good so uh, I, th I think for the benefit of uh, listeners we probably need to move on to the next one <laughs> So number four, we don't we, want to bore them too much. We 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 we've broken through the three barrier. Yeah. Um. So now we're talking the bends by Radiohead. Now there's gonna be oh. a lot. There's gonna be a lot of Radiohead fans who will have their own personal favourites. Yeah. Um, I, Me included. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me this, Mark. Did you have to shortlist these and and just to pick this one, or is this an obvious choice for you? I had the shortlisted. Well, it was a choice of two. Um, I think OK Computer is is a, a work of art. Yeah, for sure. But uh, the yeah the bands pipped it to the post for me, um, and the reason I, I just find there's a real ethereal element to a lot of really well albums. You know, it's just it's it's out there. It's kind of, but then there's an underlying current of uh, complete morosity, madness, anger. Yeah. And I, the Benz was the album that just grabbed me back in, uh, oh, what would it be, 95? Creep was the first song I heard, and that's all Pablo Honey. Mm. And that was the first Radiohead song that made my ears prick up to this band. I said, well, who are these guys? Yeah. And it was constantly played in the Students' Union back then. And um, they just the, the, the songs in, in the Benz, they come across as, you know, uh, very woe is me, almost apocalyptic in nature. Um, I'm really selling this to people, aren't I? Especially, you know, if you're if you're not having a great time in life. But uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, I think, perversely, if you listen, if you're down and you listen to a down album, you think, Jesus, well, I'm not as bad as that. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, sure. I'm not too bad. That's why I love yeah. the Smiths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, I, I mean, fake plastic trees, high and dry, they're my two favourites, I would say. Uh, and I didn't realise that high and dry is all about um, kind of, I guess, is it, it's, it's about seeking acceptance from others, pretending to be something you're not. So Mr. Trump should maybe have a listen to it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost like uh, I'm, I'm going to do things, I'm going to compromise my integrity for success high and dry is is, is a beautifully it's a melodic um but dark song fake plastic trees uh, the other is is yeah. just all about uh well where society can be or, and, and, and more so now it's, it's more relevant these days than it was back in the early night early mid 90s uh 
you know, things being plastic, artificial, relationships being artificial, um, questioning the whole aspect of true love and what have you. Yeah. Um, I was actually quite happy back then. <laughs> so, uh, quite happy. And, and, and uh, yeah, um, I didn't have an issue with any fake plastic relationships or uh, with, with anyone. Um, man, Mar beast. It was just, uh, there were good times in. Still are, still are, you know. Just a wee bit different these days. <laughs> Absolutely. They, they're saying they're they're saying now, you know the way you guys have three levels of um uh, lockdown now, yeah. um uh, high, very high and medium. Yeah. So Nicholas Sturgeon's gonna introduce one. Um and if you've ever read Urwilly, it's uh, Jin's Crivens and Help My Bob. Those are the three levels. <laughs> uh, they're gonna be introduced in Scotland. <laughs> Love it. We're currently Edinburgh's currently on the Help My Bob. Um Oh. Uh, tier. So it's um well it'll be good by Christmas. That's what I keep telling us. We'll see. Yeah. How about you, Alan Radiohead? Are you a fan? Uh so I haven't got the bends. I've got uh, Oh, you uh, need it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those I think I don't know why I haven't bought it. I don't know why, because I've often seen it. Um I've got the um what's the one with uh, police, karma police. Yeah, yeah that's, that's okay, okay computer. computer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like that. I've got that. I've got that one. Did you get the blue uh, vinyl one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, nice, a nice little uh, light blue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the, tr- the triple one, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Triple. Yeah, that's that is nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but no, I haven't got the bends. Uh, I, I say I, I know some of the tracks that Mark's mentioned, mm. but yeah, it's one of those that you know I will pick up at some stage. Maybe I'm waiting for the for the coloured point. Yeah, I think Radiohead for me are one of those bands that I found a lot of my friends and peers have kind of almost grown out of. Uh, I think when they mm. got experimental, I think they kind of gave up on them. But for me, I, even their more recent albums, things like was it Kid A? In Rainbows, Moonshaped Pool, I think might be the most recent. I still love them. I, I still love everything they do. You say that, those albums you've just mentioned, I've got those. Yeah, there you go. But I haven't, but I haven't got the bend. Oh, that's definitely an omission from your collection there. Get yeah, that one in. Yeah. But no, I still love them. I think they're brilliant. So, Darren, you had um, an association with, with the band? or something? Um, Yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned this before on one of the podcasts, so if I have, then uh, excuse me. But um, Tom York from the band, the singer from the band, went to university in Exeter. And yeah. when we used to frequent the Lemon Grove for Lemmy on a Friday night, he was a resident DJ. And a oh, friend, wow. yeah, and myself and a friend used to really annoy him because he had his set tunes that he wanted to play. And of course, we were going up to him, banging in requests left, right and centre. Uh, mainly Black Metallic by a band called Catherine Wheel, if you've ever heard of them. But he said, oh, you don't want Catherine Wheel again. Oh, goff, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So we used to annoy Tom York every Friday night. That's my little claim to fame. Brilliant. <laughs> but he did play it. Brilliant. He always played it for us, in fairness. Is that why he wrote Suicidal Songs? <laughs> it could be. It could be. Is it all your fault? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've yeah. made them the band they are today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you to thank. Yeah, I I've not seen the royalties rolling in yet, though. 
give it time. Give it time. They, they, they just don't know your address. That's all. <laughs> that's what it is. I'll pass it on. <laughs> get back down. Get back down to the pub. You might see them. Yeah. How about you, David? Before we move on, are you a fan? Um, there's someone who I took a long while to warm up to. Yeah. Um, certainly, when they came out, I didn't quite get them, and I think it was maybe that case of not being able to pigeonhole them into the right into the right bracket. I was trying. Yeah. And you know what? I've, I've come to accept they're unique. They're their own style. They're their own genre, um, and so I've started now collecting on them because I must. Admit, I've put nearly all of them. There are some, obviously, you know. That, 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 Tastes do move; they do change, don't they? In terms of what they produce, so yeah. I'm sure they don't even expect all of their fans to to love all of their albums. Um, but certainly, as I start digging into them, I'm I'm enjoying more and more mm. of them. Um, so that and and also the most recent Tom York album, the the last couple he's had, yeah, had um, uh, Anima is it? Anima, Anima. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. that yeah, that was good. Seth mentioned that to me, so I gave that a listen. Yeah. I was uh, pretty impressed. I think yeah, I bought a box set of that on Orange Vinyl, I think, but not listened to it enough yet. I need to put that on again. Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, you know, you talk about this sort of music. You know, you you, you said Darren, you didn't, or you didn't know, or David, you didn't know where to pigeonhole them. Yeah, for me, they they're often the word Radiohead. If you are trying to describe them, is often followed by the world by the word Coldplay, and there's no way that those two <laughs> bands are the same. No. You know, oh, you like Radiohead and Coldplay. Yeah. It's almost no. like, it's like bacon, you know, bacon and eggs. Alan, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And, and it's not. Yeah, I've seen people on Twitter, as soon as anything Radio Play comes up, as you say, they think, oh, this is just another Coldplay. And I, I think this is yeah. people maybe outside of the UK or outside of, you know, slightly out of the norm music. Um, and it's just an easy, it's an easy, lazy yeah. comparison. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think either of the two bands would probably like to be no. referenced to the other. And, and There's no reason. comparison at all, no. is there? No. No, it's a bit of a whiny English singer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I guess they were born within about 100 miles of each other, <laughs> apart from that. Where's, where's uh, Tom York from? Oxfordshire, Radiohead, Matt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, do, I do like Coldplay though. I mean, they, they have the, they have the moments. I like. Um, I, I did one of their albums is in the top one hundred, isn't it? Um, I didn't name it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, called Russia, Russia, Blood to the Head. That's right. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, they, they, they've definitely had their moments. They, however, the, the two bands are completely different, yeah. and you're uh, you're one hundred percent David for anyone to label them, uh, you know, in the same way is is completely lazy. Really lazy, yeah. Or, or lack of, like, they haven't listened to them. They've probably just yeah. picked up from someone else. They're just regurgitating. Just and, only heard creep or something, and yeah, yeah. which which is a bit yeah. of a shame because that means that you might have potential potential listeners audience who have sidestepped them because of that mm. when they may actually really like. Yeah, them. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's just change the tempo a little bit, shall we? Um, uh, so this isn't a band really on my. So I'm, I'm fully aware of them. Um, and they, <laughs> they had a bit of prominence a few years ago, three four years ago. So Mark, tell us about the Rage Against the Machine album by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. So I I I uh, go down the same road as yourself, David. It's they they were never on my radar. Um, I shared a, a bedroom with my brother for the best part of seventeen eighteen years. 
and you couldn't get two more diametrically opposed individuals. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before. Leonard's um, built like a brick shit house, can't do <laughs> top to toe. Loves his thrash metal. He's also he's a big DJ and all the rest. He was big into his DJ, but he was massively into his thrash metal, hard hard rock. And uh, I was kind of more middle middle of the road, reaching out for uh, the soft and the hard, I guess. Uh, and I came across this album. He introduced me to Rage Against the Machine, and it's called Rage Against the Machine. And on the front cover, there's the um, self-immolating uh, Buddhist monk, that, that iconic photo taken during the Vietnam War of the monk uh, basically setting fire to himself. Thick Quang Duk, I think is his name, and it's in front of his Austin car. And just a little story, just a little aside from that, I, I actually went to Hue, which is in central Vietnam, and I stood beside that very car, the very car that he drove oh, wow. to Saigon. Yeah, he drove it to Saigon and uh, in protest of, it wasn't of the Vietnam War, but it was of the persecution of, of, of Buddhists. He um, he set fire to himself, and that in itself is just, Jesus, you know, that, putting that on the front cover of an album is, is really saying something. Yeah. Then when you get into the album, it's it's um, it, it doesn't hold back. It really doesn't hold back. And for that very reason, I've, I've put it in the top 100, not because I, I necessarily think <clears throat> it's um, pleasing to the ear, but it is, it is a striking, I think, political statement. You have, song, well, you call them songs, Killing in the Name, Bullet in the Head, Bomb Track. You, yeah. There's a theme there. Yeah. And in this album, they actually thank, um, in in the credits, I believe, uh, you know, Bobby Sands, Black Panther Party, uh, are 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 thanked as inspirations, uh, in at the end of the album. So they're really saying something, and and obviously we could go into the whole Bobby Sands thing, but that's for another podcast, another time. Mm. Uh, but that was a that was I mean that was a a very pivotal moment in, in, in the Irish Troubles. So when you're listening to it, and initially, and this is where you, you know, you never judge a book by its cover. I used to close the door on my brother when he was playing this stuff. <laughs> and, and, and I get deeper into it and I thought, wow, this this really is something else. You know, it's it's not it's not um, a, a ditzy, you know, it's not a, an Elton John album. <laughs> no. Um, it's it's really it's a hardcore and these guys talented talented musicians but uh, the, the album itself just I think it's more because I'm indelibly marked with hearing it for the first time and then reading more about it and reading more into it and finding out who this guy was on the cover and why he did what he did so there's something quite um yeah, it's 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 incredibly thought provoking. I would I would at least suggest that you give it a listen to once, um, with with the lyrics. There's a lot of effort and blind in it, so yeah. when the kids aren't around, I'd, I'd, I'd suggest <laughs> yeah. you do that. Yeah, it is. It's a challenging listen, isn't it? But a great album, yeah. great album. I was lucky yeah. enough to see them. I think it was 2010 at Finsbury Park, and it was when they had their. Um, I can't remember his name, but it's Zach, isn't it? Zach somebody. But he had his big political rant about manufactured music and they were they were trying to get Killing in the Name of to number one rather than the X Factor yeah. single. 
and <laughs> it, right. yeah, yeah, and he did a big thank you to the fans for keeping it at number one and keeping manufactured music off the top spot. So even yeah. then, not as political as when he wrote the album, but <laughs> still, still yeah. strong opinion. Yeah, yeah. Zack De La Rocha. Mm. That's well, it, Zack De La Rocha. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 so high it's so high octane, high energy. It really is. Oh yeah. That you have to be in the right frame of mind to to listen to it. Um, maybe if you're pumping iron or something like that, or yeah, uh, getting up the hill on a bike. What about before? Just before you go out on a pitch, playing for a team sport. <laughs> that could do it that could do it well, you probably bite heads off people <laughs> probably one of my top 10 in my top 10 live performances though I think that gig wow yeah a lot of energy a lot of energy and a lot of rage I've seen, this, I've seen this album in I haven't got it um, I've seen this album in the shops mm. loads and loads of times and I haven't appreciated what that actual image was Okay. Um, yeah, so it's, it's good that you've drawn that. Well, yeah. Otherwise, I... yeah, it was it was it was quite quite a moving moment. I think Hui itself. If uh, I, I'm sorry to digress slightly, but <clears throat> if you ever do get the chance, and and we, we all we all get the chance to travel again to to far flung places, you know, Vietnam is 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 a must. I, I was lucky enough to get there. I think it was 2005 before it really became commercialized. Ho Chi Minh had already gone down that path. Um, but if you go to the north in Hanoi and, and Hue in the central part of Vietnam, Hue and Hoi An, Hue is where the Tet Offensive happened. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, you're, 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 walking, you're walking through something that's very, very recent very, and still quite raw to, mm-hmm. to the, the indigenous population. Uh, I, I remember standing in, in the, the lobby of a hotel called the Saigon Mooring. It was a beautiful old French colonial building and two caskets came by me. And the guide said, you know what those are? And I said, well, they look like caskets of some sort. And he said, yeah, it's a missing in action. So there was an agreement between the Vietnamese and the American government that they would uh, look for the missing in action and return their their um, their bodies or the remains of their bodies. Mm. And these two caskets had them inside and it was just quite a it was very a very sobering moment and then got up to see this guy uh, the the, the monks um it was just we went up to a pagoda didn't realize that this was the reason we were heading um because this is where he he drove from he drove from way down to saigon and in the car all that distance knowing full well what he's about to do cool yeah wow there you go cheery cheery yeah really interesting though yeah thanks for that yeah Cool. So, should we move on? Is that a plan? Yeah. So, what are we on to now, then, Mark? Have you got it there? Is it is it Red Hot Chili Peppers? It is indeed. Yeah, Californication. Once again, a really tough one. I didn't know whether it was a bit like um, it was a bit like Radiohead. Didn't know which one to choose. Mm. And uh, so, Californication for me is is the, is the standout album. It's another influence from my brother. Uh, he was big into uh, metal and hard rock. Sorry, I'm just closing the door here because the dog, the dog just came in. <laughs> and... We're, we're sticking so, on the uh, credits. Yeah, <laughs> sticking on the credit. 
So, yeah, but on, on occasion we'd find a middle ground. Um, this was the middle ground. Uh, and I, t- I think I told you the story once he asked me for a Simon Garfunkel album. Yeah. Uh, it was obviously to woo a girl. Um, so in exchange, we, we would exchange albums, and this particular album he gave to me, this would have been late 90s, uh, on one of my trips back from Scotland, and I loved it. I just loved it. I think, once again, so many great songs. Road tripping. I love road tripping uh, around the world. Scar tissue. Mm. Uh, They've other great albums like uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and By the Way is another great album. But I'd love to see them live. I really would. Yeah, I was lucky enough. I saw them. I can't remember if it was Reading or Glastonbury. All my festivals merge into one. But you know the famous. Um, live performance where they got the metal hats on, the soldier hats that are on right. fire, and yeah. they came out in those. So, yeah, I was a little bit lucky enough to see them, and I was a big fan at the time. Not so more on their recent stuff. Since um, Californication, I think I've kind of gone off them slightly. Um, but I And I didn't realise until I was looking the other day, but Mother's Milk and Blood Sugar Sex Magic were kind of the era when I started to get into them. I didn't realise they had three or four albums, I think, before that, which I've still never even heard. Wow. So I've got a lot of listening to do there to catch up, because I did like their early stuff, but I didn't know they had earlier stuff. Well, maybe uh, talk to us once you've done it, because it might be this, a bit like R.E.M. Mm. They did have like a, a change in tack, which made them more commercial, more successful. Yeah, it could well be. Um, yeah, I yeah. think Blood Sugar Sex Magic was the start of that, I think. There's... Um, I saw Great them. Yeah, yeah. I saw them in Croke Park with my good friend Sean Kilcoyne five years ago, something like that, four or yeah. five years ago, and that that was great to be in Dublin, see them playing it, see seeing them play live. Yeah, but, but the sound the sound was rubbish, unfortunately. Oh but, no, um, that's not good for a gig. No, but we we <laughs> we were unfortunately in the posher seats, which cost a bit more, but not in front of the speakers. So right, you usual kind of challenge that you have when you yeah. go to these things. But uh, no, look, as a live band, I mean they, they don't terribly excite me if I just put the radio on, if I put it on them or hear them on the radio. No, um, or if I put them on the CD player or anything like that. But certainly live, there there's just high energy, isn't there? Yeah, you, you can't not be bouncing along to it. Absolutely. Alan, are these yeah. any, are Alan any familiar to you? Um, the only album I've got is is it the Stadium 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 Arcadium? Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a bad album. Quite a big <laughs> album that wasn't it. Wasn't that sort of thirty tracks or something on that one? Well, it was. I think it was double because I think I remember buying. I think I bought the CD in. Uh, either would be America or Canada because I remember it was like a special limited edition sort of box um, and yeah it's definitely it's, it's definitely a double album yeah definitely yeah but Stadium Arcadium um, I think there was must have been a really maybe um, single off that it was quite popular at the time can't think now um, I can't say for sure because because it's a special a special sort of box thing. I haven't got instant access to those. They're in the loft at the moment. So yeah. I remember, I do remember it's like a slightly plastic, like a, it's a bigger box than it is than a, like a normal CD case. Yeah. Yeah. 28 tracks. I've just looked. I wasn't far yeah. away. I thought it was something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Danny yeah, California. Was a... I thought Danny California was on Californication, but that's just me. Uh, so Danny California yeah. was a big single, wasn't it? That was the single, yeah. 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 Excellent. I think I would have maybe gone into one of the big uh, Virgin Megastores or something like that. I, that's like, when was yeah. it? When was it? Uh, anyway, it's not, it's not this album, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> I'll look at my own uh, thing later. Okay, so then we move on to to the Rolling Stones, and that's another case, Mark, of, I don't know if that uh, Let It Bleed is, is your choice. Is that the one that jumped out at you, or did you have to sort of work your way through a, a little bit of a... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I really, I really, I thought the Stones had to go in there. I really struggled with this. I just, you know, this, this is uh, one of the few occasions where I didn't choose the album. I chose the band first. Okay. And then yeah. I said, right, which which album yeah. should go in there? And uh, <laughs> there's so many great albums. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was on, I remember going to uh, see them lucky enough to see them for the first and only time in 1999 at Murrayfield again. And it was the Bridges to Babylon tour. That album in itself, so many years on, 40 odd years on, is, is, is great stuff. Mm. So I thought I would uh, pump for something more, I guess, iconic. Uh, classic, and yeah. some of the classic, yeah. Some of the great uh, songs that I, I, I loved of the Stones, like Gimme Shelter, but... Oh. It's 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 a cracking opener, and it's just yeah. one of those songs that uh, grabs you. Uh, others might prefer the album Sticky Fingers, but uh, you can just every time you stick a Stones album on, you can just see Jagger strutting around, and then <laughs> Keith Richards looking like he's, you know, it's they, they say the only two things that would survive a nuclear holocaust are a cockroach and Keith Richards. <laughs> the, guy, the guy is unbelievable. It's so he true. Is, yeah, the life they led. He is. Yeah, he's he's drunk himself and drugged himself to the to the uh, last point of you know no return. Yeah, and uh, he still comes back. I think he once fell out of a, a coconut tree about 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> he was up trying to get coconuts and he landed straight out of it and still survived. That's amazing. <gasps> and he, and he must have been about sixty odd then. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I can't imagine my dad got arrested. My dad. He, he passed away, unfortunately, quite young. Well, very young, 60. I could never imagine him near a coconut tree. Never mind up it. Um, <laughs> trying to get coconuts. But, no. Um, yeah, so Let It Bleeds in there as as my favourite Stones album. Yeah. Because there are, um, yeah, standards in there you know, that, that we, we, we listen to all the time. And think, yeah, what a, what a great song. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you guys Alan, think? Alan, how, how, how are you placed for uh, Rolling Stones? I know you're a big Beatles fan. Yeah, um, sort of passed me by again, I think. This, I shouldn't say it really, but they have. The, the only album I really like is Some Girls. Right. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I like, you know, the, the tracks like Paint It Black and. Mm. Um, Beast of Burden and you know Angie and Wild you know, Horses. Got, I, you know, I could. Mm. I, I haven't got any albums apart from I think I bought a compilation. It's a compilation Blu-ray audio uh, of wow. the greatest hits that came out a couple of years ago, and I've never opened it. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I love um, 
I do love some girls and and the twelve. Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> the twelve inch shingle of uh, Miss You, which oh. is it's not available anywhere else. It's not the version that's on the album. It's not the version. As far as I know, it's never been released. Not even on, um, you know, the the you know reincarnations of um, you know with extra CDs as well. Because I've been looking out for it. But um, but the twelve inch version of Miss You is brilliant. Uh, it comes to the lovely pink vinyl as well. But uh, I, I must admit, I think I prefer the guys when when they were in Stella Street. Uh, making mm. when they ran the corner shop. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have to agree with Alan. Actually, um, <laughs> if you were to say Beatles or Stones, I'd, I'd, I'd side with the Beatles all, every every day. I wouldn't sit and watch a documentary on the Stones. I, I know I'm probably going to. I'm sorry in advance. I'll probably offend people um, <laughs> with with this comment, but for for me, the Beatles were just something completely different. They were on a, on a, on a completely different plane. Um, the Stones were a great group. They were a fantastic group, but um, the, the the Beatles, uh, you know, they are they are the benchmark, and and I don't think any band, including my favourite Queen, come near them. Yeah, Contentious. Right. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I think they they're fantastic uh, performers of musicians, uh, and probably the more I think about it, probably the more I've done them in injustice when I think of things like. Tracks like Brown Sugar and Respectable, but um, you know maybe I don't know their back catalogers. I, I just don't know it. I don't think my brother wasn't really into them. My sister wasn't, and therefore I've never had the opportunity. Somebody sit me down and say, "Listen to this. This is a fantastic, you know, Rolling Stones album." Um, you know, I know singles and things like that, two singles, but uh, nobody's actually sat me down and say, "Look, like, yeah, you've got to listen to this because." Bloody, bloody, bloody. And I think part of the challenge around uh, that is they've got such a back catalogue. Of... Sorry, I was just saying yeah. part of the problem there is there's such a large back catalogue. It's, you know, you, yeah. you get you get into the early 60s stuff, you know, when, when they started hitting hitting it high and, and hard and doing well in the 70s. Um, yeah. And, I mean, what confuses me is that when you see, well, there, you know, a lot of the re, the uh, first albums that came out, they're on, they're on Decca. And uh, they talk about them like they're blues. They're playing blues music. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, I think that just sort of puts me off a bit as well. Thinking, well, I'm, I don't think I'll enjoy that. Um, but, yeah. um, Some of the great bands though came out of you know blues, very blues influenced. The Stones, you know, blatantly obvious that they were influenced. As as were Led Zeppelin. Um, you know, some of the great rock bands. Came out of blues, R and B, without a doubt. Just, just, yeah. just to pick up on that, I think what what the Rolling Stones did, and I, I heard, um, I think it's probably David Hepworth talking about this just a couple of weeks ago, how obviously Beatles sort of came good. Um, Sixty four, they 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 hit uh, the states just when they needed something fresh and different. Um, and a different sound, but that was obviously a, a sound which was born out of out of England, out of the skiffle sound. That it was very much that that um, that it had a very different feel. Whereas Rolling Stones, they were more blues to begin with, and then they sort of knocked it up and and they went over to the states, and all of a sudden they were they took the blues 
back to the States and made it popular again yeah. and made it hit. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, then you, you had Jagger who could play to the uh, the camera, even in the days before they you would have had people who would have been choreographing um, how, how people should be filmed and recorded. He knew how to do it and he gave he gave it that sex appeal and he, he between the band, they managed to bring that blues sound into blues rock, yeah. which hadn't really existed in that same format. And we're still talking mid-60s. So you, know, mm. you, you choose what you want, you enjoy the music that you like. Um, if I had a choice between Stones and Beatles, I'd go with the Rolling Stones, but that's like... You know, do you want fat chips or or slim chips? I'm happy with either. <laughs> I think it was just. I think that they're just. Um, you know, a lot of their their stuff. Uh, it's it's be just a little before my time, and again, I've had nobody, as I said, nobody sit down and say, "Well, you know, listen to this album, blah blah blah." blah. But you know, I've no doubt that if you were a teenager. You know when they were becoming, you know, popular and appearing on, you know, programs like Ready Steady Go and and Top of the Pops. That that you know, they there's no re. I would certainly be somebody who would be following that music. And and they were the first uh, band to but, not wear the uniform. You know, up until then they yeah. all wore the you know the, yeah. all the band members all wore the same. Oh, right. well, so that, so that you know they they sexed it up, made it great, and and made it different, which I think became an appeal for people who were looking for something new. So in that post-war era, era, the, the, sort of the baby boomers, it was a, something for them to latch onto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a fair point. I, I remember I watched some on you know, John Lennon the other night, and how they they went from the Hamburg years of leather jackets and looking a bit scruffy, and uh, you know post skiffle to Brian Epstein coming in and yeah. saying, right, you've got to get the haircut, you've got to get the, the suits on, because this is the look that's going to get you places. <coughs> and then, you know, they got rid of Pete Best as well, because yeah. he just didn't fit the mould, yeah. uh, the fifth Beatle. And it's it's funny, isn't it? We, we think that it was a it was a purer time, uh, you know, a more innocent time, but actually it's it's been going on for years, moulding a band into that. But you, you need the talent. Um, Keith Richards, and Charlie Watts, Jagger, and uh, they, they are hugely talented individuals. I would say Charlie Watts is, is, is most definitely a better drummer than Ringo Starr. He's, he's classically jazz trained, mm. so he, he can he can buy a drum. And uh, yeah, they, they could pump out the songs. And, and I agree, I think the 70s was a better... If you were to compare the Stones and the Beatles, okay, we can fall down on one side or another. We could say they were equally brilliant. But the, the Stones, they, yeah, they, they sold it back to the States. They sold sold an R&B back to the States. And they were huge in the 70s. And the, the Beatles obviously ebbed away, with the exception of Wings. But uh, they couldn't be compared to the Stones of the 70s. So, great. So, the, yeah, this album was a real challenge. This, this, this choice of album was a real challenge for me. Um, great choice, though. Would you have gone with... With let it bleed, or would you... um, to be honest, I I'm very much in Alan's camp here. Whereas I the I was too young for the Stones. I don't really nobody's ever sat me down and played me any. Apart from I ended up a couple of years ago suddenly co-opted into a Rolling Stones covers band. Yeah. So uh-huh. I suddenly, from not knowing any real Stones apart from the big hits, 
suddenly had a repertoire of about 35 songs that I was singing every week. Um, so, but I, I couldn't tell you which was on which album. And so I couldn't really, I mean, I know I've looked at Let It Bleed and yeah, I mean, great album. There's five or six tracks on there that yeah. I know really well. But you look at every Stones album and there's five or six tracks you know really well. Um, yeah. the same as Alan, I'd love to sort of nail it down and hear some back catalogue stuff, some lesser known tracks, because there is some great stuff. But I'm quite happy to go with your album, Mark. It looks like a great choice to me. Yeah, before yeah. we move off, I, I'd probably go with Sticky Fingers. But then yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's all personal choice, and I'm sure it's probably high up in your list on there. Is that um, the one, the zip on the cover, the yeah. famous iconic zip, yeah? Yeah, I think it was the original one, didn't it come with a, a zip on mm. the front, a bit of denim? Yeah, it did, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did, I did mention that I get my, my opener that Sticky Fingers will, would be a yeah. great alternative. Yeah. So hard to choose. This is true. There was um, a lot, of, our, bass, our bass player that started the band up, actually, always went on about... Um, a live album, Get Your Yaya's Out, was yep. it called? Yeah. He's a massive advocate for that, and he said that's the best album of all time. <laughs> so, one I still haven't listened to, but must do. I've, I've got a friend who um, who passed me over the DVD of the Hyde Park concert from three, four years ago. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I put it on, and I wasn't really expecting very much. Amazing. Yeah. You know, if yeah. we could even be managing a podcast in our mid seventies, yeah, with, with with half the energy they've got, we'd be doing very yeah, well. I've, but I've got that very same concert on vinyl actually, and it sounds amazing. But I've not Absolutely. seen the DVD. Oh, so DVD, yeah, yeah, it's worth worth talking. Yeah, checking out. Um, but I propose we go on. Although this kind of triggers in my mind maybe a, a, a podcast or conversations we might have in the future. Where we might pick in some bands and explore some albums together, a bit like a mm. book club, but have yeah, a, a vinyl club on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so but for now, we're on to something else I have no real idea about at all. So. Okay. okay, well, <laughs> I, what I'm actually going to say about this one, so Mark, the next one was my recommendation on podcast number two, which was mm. uh, to put in your collection. So Serge Gainsbourg's Histoire de Melody Nelson. Um, I don't suppose we talked too much. We did talk about it back at the time a bit, but I think you've since since added this to your collection. I have. I have. Very impressed with it. Um, I, get, I give it the one listen, and uh, I'll, I'll be sure to give it a, li- a listen soon again. Um, was never on my on my radar, Serge Gainsbourg, no. but I can see how influential, uh, you know, how, how this album was so influential for many others. Yeah. You can you can hear other songs and sounds from this. It's uh, it was almost like a, I guess, a first press of what was to come. Yeah, it was it was a catalyst, I think, for a lot of of, yeah. of uh, bands, artists that came out of not only France but out of other countries as well that it got a lot of influence from. Um, I've got it here, so we'll put it on sometime. Yeah, yeah, I must listen to it. I, can, I said that last time, but yeah. I will. And we can we can play it on there. Mm. Uh, but bearing in mind that's number eight, um, we've got another ten minutes. So just we try and get another one or two cracked off yep. um, before we we bring the podcast to a close. Now I'd like to venture uh, an idea here, um, a theory I've got. So next you've got a Sigur Ross album. I think you picked the one with the easiest name. 
<laughs> anyway, over to you. Tell us why you like tack or why you chose tack. There's a really simple answer to this. A really simple answer. Um, I, I, I was in Iceland in 2013 in Reykjavik. Asked the guy, any, any good Icelandic bands? You know, we'd all heard of Bjork and all the rest of it. But Sugar Cubes. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, Sigur Ross. So I uh, rambled about and found a place that sold CDs. Obviously, it wasn't in the vinyls then. And uh, a vinyl is a bit tricky to get on the plane. <laughs> well, it's not tricky, but it's just awkward. You're afraid yeah. it'll break. And um, Tack was, was the album I picked up. <laughs> that was it. That was oh, it. Right. I didn't, that's I didn't, right. it was there. And I lo- yeah, and I love the cover. I think the cover is amazing. And uh, yeah, I listened to it and I, I fell in love with it. I thought it was a fantastic album, fantastic band. I love quirky stuff like that. I just love... Um, Listening to something that's almost, yeah, it's almost like gobbledygook, gibberish, but not the language, not the Icelandic language, but the actual, you know, the album itself, it just sways to and fro. I used to love listening to the likes of The Orb and, you know, a band called Osric Tentacles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it just used to take you off into a weird place. And I think Sigur Ros, Tack is just beautiful. I just, I I love Iceland, I love the Icelandic people. They just um, they've got a completely different approach to life than, than we do, and they're only about I don't know two 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 and a half hours flight from Edinburgh. So yeah, yeah if you fancy something different, I'd listen to this. Yeah, I bought this mm-hmm. when it came out. Uh, I can't remember playing it very often. Oh really? But, uh, yeah, I definitely bought it when it came out. It's got a as you say the sleeve is. Um, it's not like a, um, a traditional CD sleeve, is it? No. It's like a book cover. Yeah. Yeah. It's got fine on it. Yeah, I didn't realise I... that was their fourth album. I thought that was a really early album for them. Yeah, and and you know, um, some you know, I was I was reading up on the album um, before before a podcast, mm. and there are some. Uh, Programs, sports programs that have adopted their yeah. um, tunes. Okay. And and so if you listen to the album, you go, oh, I've heard that. But I've I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah. Uh, you know. It's definitely one that so, a band that gets played a lot, or their music gets played for commercials. Mm. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of soundscapes on there. Um, yeah. I I think they're great. If I could afford it, I'd buy all their albums. But I've actually started buying them yeah. on CD. So you can pick them up a reasonable price. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, I've got I've got four or five of those, um, but certainly they're, they're very well worth checking out. And I think that's a good start point, jumping off point into into their their music uh, or to Icelandic music. But there is so much more. So again, if we were to do a, a, a record club, um, I'd come up with a, a number of other bands to, to listen to and got some very good friends who live out there, Dave Lasky and and Arnar. Um, they've been very kind to show us around and, and got to listen to lots of bands and been to lots of gigs with them. Um, absolutely fantastic. So something for us to do again at some point in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I reckon we... Sorry, Alan. I was uh, showing off my Icelandic there. I didn't see. <laughs> oh, did you just tack. say tack? Tack. 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 
Very good. <laughs> I reckon we've got time to get one more cover, or two more, in fact, isn't well, it? Yeah, I think we can do a double bubble here. Yeah. Um, Stevie Wonder, the man from yeah. Bur- man from Birmingham. <laughs> some some <laughs> bloke from Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, look, amazing uh, amazing artist. Uh, I, I love him, um, Mark. He was so good that you've got two of his albums in the list. What did you go for? So, David, thanks for that one. Uh, I've got Horror Than July and I've got Songs in the Key of Life. We mentioned the Songs in the Key of Life in the first podcast. It was the one that I, I, I pulled out as, I'd say, one of, one of my top five um, albums. I just think one, he's, he's, he's up, you know, Prince, multi-talented, well, sorry, talented and, and multi Musical instrument, that's whatever word we can use for that. He, uh, he 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 plays all of the instruments or most of the instruments on his um, on his tracks, and I think "Hotter Than July" songs in the key of life are you know easily two of my favourites. Don't know. Well, it's songs in the key of life. I'll probably focus on because I've played it more times than I can imagine, and uh, it's it just feels effortless. But um, a bit like Rage Against the Machine, you listen to the words. Um, it's it's much more melodic, obviously, than Rage Against the Machine, but <laughs> it tells a story. And and you know we're in Black History Month and Black Lives Matter and what have you. There's a lot of deep, deep stuff in there that you know you should should listen to if you've never heard this album. You should. And uh, it 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 actually it reminds me of a good friend of mine lived in St Andrews, and I was going through their record um, collection and find that. And, and then I subsequently found it in my ex-wife's collection. And uh, I was like, all right, you're a keeper. You're a keeper. She likes that album. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. You know, lots of, it's kind of funky, jazz, soul, everything. Yeah. And you've got great tracks like I Wish. Isn't, I love Isn't She Lovely? It's so pure, beautiful. Mm. Uh, as it was covered by George Michael and uh, Sir Duke, we all know Sir Duke very well. And then Pastime Paradise, uh, it's been revamped on a number of occasions as well by, um, uh, I can't remember who, who it was actually, who did yeah, Pastime Paradise? Gangster or something like that, was it? Yeah, it could have been, yeah. Could have been Puff Daddy or P Diddy. Um, no, it was no, it was it was Coolio. Oh yeah, it was, of course um, it was. It was yeah, it was it was um, Pastel Paradise, Gangsters Paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot. Of, there's a bit of classical in there as well. Right. Johann Sebastian Bach, clever guy, such a clever guy. Yeah, I do own that record. I need to go and listen to that again. I think that's the one I'll pull out tonight. After nice. chatting about it today, oh look! So Alan's got some nice orange vinyl. Oh, I haven't got that one. <laughs> this is a French copy. Nice French French copy. I picked up a few years ago. Um, yeah, it's an original French copy. Excellent. Uh, I don't know why they got to put it out in orange. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's even got like the you know the seven inch single that came with it. You know, nice. it's already a double album, and then Stevie chucks another four tracks. Yeah. Onto the EP. 
Uh, fantastic. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I've just got a I very poorly the... tatty old press, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bought this at the time, you know, when it when it came out. Mm. I don't know where I found the money for it because, you know, back in 1976, a double album like this, you know, would have cost well, a lot of money. I mean, you, yeah. if you want to buy it now, you, you're probably looking at 40 quid yeah. uh, for a new copy. Um, but, you know, Tra Sir Duke, I mean, that that, that really got me, got <laughs> me going into yeah. it. Uh, I think if you're feeling a wee bit blah on a day, and we, we, I guess we get them more than not during during the whole lockdown and uh, pandemic period we're going through. Uh, the opening track on side side one of the of the uh, the, the two vinyls, uh, "Love Is in Need of Love Today." I'd I'd, um, I'd, I'd recommend you all listen to that just before the, the weekend ends. "Love Is in Need of Love Today." It's it's nice. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you say, um, you know, track side one, side two. This is one of these albums that was pressed with side one on one side and side four oh, no. on the other side. Total madness. Uh, <laughs> Crazy stuff. They're all stuff. like that. Yeah. You know, there was obviously some reason for it. Why do they do that? But, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you're right, Mark, you know, love's in need of love today. It's a great yeah. album you know starts off the album you know nice and softly but uh, man, some of these tracks are taken to the grave I, I was lucky enough to go and see Stevie Wonder um, a few years ago down at the O2 unfortunately I wasn't very well at the time going through one of my um, breakdowns and um, I, I was so it was just terrible my wife and daughter were there and uh, I got myself in such a a way. I I, I just sat. I didn't watch it. I sat in my chair, mm. and I didn't. And that's one of the biggest regrets that I didn't actually stand up and, and watch it. Um, I, I was just in a terrible way that night. But, um, oh, shame. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but um, I'm sure some people thought I was blind. Where did I get that idea from? Yeah, I'm just sitting down, you know, as if I was just trying to listen to the music. But yeah, good times ahead, mate. Good times ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But before we close on, sorry, go on, Alan. Yeah, fantastic album, and one I I play at least twice a year. Nice. That's good. Um, I, whenever I hear Stevie, Wonder, Stevie Wonder's name mentioned, I I'm often think about one of those questions you get on social media. It's like, which which uh, band or artist had the best three consecutive albums? And for me, if you take... Um, it was uh, I'm not sure if I got this in the right order. So you had uh, Fulfilling This, First Finale, Talking Book and Inner Vision. So all of those sort of predecessed uh, uh, Hotter Than July those three outstanding, stunning albums, and and clearly there was quite a change in style and commercialism when he went to Hotter Than July, and the production quality yeah. obviously was, was was amazing on that one. Um, but yeah. those 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 three yeah. before they they're just outstanding for me. I'm sure I heard that he's touring again this year and next year potentially, COVID allowing. But if he comes over here, I need to try and see him. Yeah. I'll go with you, Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll all I go. Mean, 
I'll make sure you I'll make sure you stand up and see him this time. <laughs> it's one of these these things that he did actually play. He wasn't going to play his commercial hits. Right. He uh-huh. a lot of, uh, you know, stuff, album stuff. Okay. That's and, good to know. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he, in the end, he, you know, he paid a, a bit of like a melody, a medley, just to appease the crowd. The crowd. Right. But it certainly wasn't a uh, a set filled with um, chart singles. No, no greatest hits tour. Or... No, no, no. It, it was. Um, I forget how long ago. It must have about 2000, 2008, it would have been. Yeah. Uh, you know how good Great. you are when you can do that. Great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, thank you, chaps. I'm going to bring this to a close. Um, yeah, thank you. We did 11 today, guys. Woohoo! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Progress. Ten, we've only got, I've just counted them. We've only got 10 left. The <laughs> listeners will be. <laughs> Just clambering. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Brilliant. Absolutely. We're getting there. We're getting there. I enjoyed it as much as ever. And um, just before we yeah. close, I just need to do a shout out for some friends. I've been missing uh, a little convention on Twitter with uh, a number of my friends there, uh, and I just want to pick, call them out because I said I would do. We actually shared a photo of all of us um, on the podcast earlier. Yeah. So, um, to brothers Craig, Mike, and Duke. Um, also, Laura, uh, Christy, Mike, Paul, Inca Rhodes, uh, Paul, Paul, a guitarist, Vivian, can't forget Viv- Vivian, the, the Rush superfan, uh, Zaragon, Skylabs, Janet Weir, Susan, who will always champion for poor ELP to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, good luck with that, Susan. Uh, Barry W., Brian Franz, Jennifer Kunkel, Sarah, the crazy prog-loving goat, and Ray <laughs> DiBragio. So, and everyone else that knows you well, that's, that's just a little group um, and my phone has been buzzing like a, like a toothbrush electric toothbrush all through this podcast it's still if you hear that now it just keeps buzzing all the time I, just, I've heard it buzzing on there. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have any other parish notices Darren I, I don't think there are any parish notices not for a minute okay. not till next time but it's been a pleasure gentlemen thank yeah, you very much always, gents. Good fun great to all. see you Great to see you. Absolutely. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. Speak again soon. Ciao, guys. Yeah, talk about Hollywood. Sunset generation, they got all that stuff. You got meditation on that FM station.